You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey, everybody. This is Doug Robertson of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution with another edition of the Southern Fried Soccer Podcast. It is October 7th, 2020, and tonight Atlanta United and Orlando City split points at Mercedes-Benz Stadium 0-0. It was a game that featured a few moments of some really exceptional soccer, both on offense and defense, but I thought for the most part it was just kind of a, a dull game, I think, which should be expected at Lenny United. Uh, rolled out the same starting 11 as uh, in the 4-0 win against D.C. United. I'm sure legs were a little bit heavy, and, and Stephen Glass elected to only use two subs. One didn't come until the 89th minute. Orlando fielded uh, a very young, inexperienced roster for the most part. No Nani, no Chris Mueller. Um, and it's starting 11. Um, we're going to get into this game a little bit more. As always, you can follow me on Twitter at Doug Robertson AJC and on Facebook at Atlanta United News Now. I'm joined as graciously as ever uh, by Jason Longshore of SoccerDownHere.net and 92.9 FM uh, for what I can't imagine is going to be too long of a podcast because there was only no goals. <laughs> Jason, wow. what did you – I mean – the moments of brilliance were quite good. Uh, DK's the, the cross to DK, his header, Raguzan got the save on that. Then Rubinho got off a weaker shot off the, off the rebound. Guzan saved that. Um, and then I think Rubinho hit the post. And uh, Kyle, somebody, Adams or something, got a shot off. And Guzan got up, got to the other side, made that save. Got down to his left to make a save of Urso late in the game. Those were kind of the highlights uh, defensively for Atlanta United. I I don't know. I had a very different I had a very different feel for this match. Sure. Um, I enjoyed it. I, it was a, a well played match. I thought um, Atlanta United had the better of the play in the second half. I think Orlando had the better of the play in the first half. Um, I thought the group that Atlanta had, I mean, I wondered what changes we could see in the lineup after a good performance on Saturday. It's, it's kind of a guessing game this time of year with all these games in a short period of time. Do you want to break up the continuity and change it up? Or do you want to roll with a group that had success? Steven Glass rolled with the group that had success. Um, they tired at the very end. I, I I didn't think there were subs to make before Steven Glass did. I'm kind of, with him on this because I watched what Orlando did when, you know, Oscar Pereja had a young group out there to start the game and he was coaching hard in the first half. Um, 
it was kind of a joy to watch him on the touchline tonight with a young group and being able to hear him a little bit in the building because I mean, he was working hard, especially defensively, to get them organized. And they were very good defensively, and their organization was strong. It's a well-coached team. But when Orlando turned to Chris Mueller first and then Nani, they got worse. And that's because it's hard to make subs in a game like that where it's intense. I think it's pretty fast-paced. And it took both of them time. Orlando was giving Atlanta problems with their pressure up high. And when Mueller and Nani first came on, they really weren't as willing to put in that work. And Atlanta was able to build out of the back a little bit better, have a little more of an opening getting forward. They didn't get enough out of it. And that's because Orlando did well. Brian Rowe with a, a couple of big saves on the night. Brad Gazan had more work to do. It was a well-played game. I, I enjoyed it because it had a, an intensity to it. It had a pace to it. Both teams had big chances. Both goalkeepers came up big. Um, there were lots of good performances all the way around in my book. Uh, I, I'm going to disagree with you on, on one small point. I think uh, getting Miles Robinson out would have been smart. Uh, now he got a yellow in the 90th minute and is going to miss Saturday's game against Red Bulls. Um, if you could have seen that he wouldn't get the yellow, yeah, but he had to make that tackle when he did. I think Lorenowitz was trying to make it for him in front yeah. of him and just couldn't get there because he knew it was coming. But uh, it happens. I mean, it and, happens. It's not something you want, but it does happen. Part of me wondered with Nani and Mueller facing an Atlanta United team that I think at that point uh, had not uh, – when Mueller came in, Atlanta United had yet to make a sub – uh, yeah, Atlanta United did play better. I also wonder if Orlando was playing a little bit of rope-a-dope to try to get Atlanta United up the field to take advantage of Mueller's speed on a break um, going the other way. But who knows? We, we don't know yeah, I didn't answer. get that. We don't know the answer to that question. But Atlanta United right. did play better. Uh, I thought for, for part of the second half, I think Orlando kind of started to seize control again in the last 10 minutes or so. Uh, but the points were split. And I think it's a good point for Atlanta United. Uh, Orlando yeah. was unbeaten in nine. Um, you know, Atlanta United once again playing without a DP because Ezekiel Barco for the fifth consecutive game, not included on the injury report, not included in the game day roster. Um, John Gallagher, after having such a great game against DC United, struggled a little bit tonight, which is to be to be expected. Tired legs. Emerson Hyman started to come alive a little bit in the second half. But with Orlando's press, he was having difficulty finding open players to make the to unload the ball too quickly. There was just nobody to go to um, unless they were behind him, and, and that's just not going to be very useful uh, for what Atlanta United was trying to do. Um, mm, see, I'll, I'll disagree on going backwards is a bad thing here. Like you're trying to draw Orlando out and hit them, you know, on the other side of it, and Atlanta did that a few times. Um, I thought Heinemann played well. Oh, well, I don't think he played poorly. I just don't think he, the, the same passes that he was able to make against Dallas and D.C. United weren't there tonight because Orlando's press was there. Um, and yeah, so he struggled, to, and he struggled to influence the game as much as he did the previous two games. Um, that's, yeah, absolutely. That, that's fine. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Sporting KC is about to hold on and beat Chicago, which is a good result for Atlanta United. Um, and it's race. Once again, the MLS's live standings aren't really live on the website. <laughs> no, uh, they're not. I found it out on soccer down here. I this found morning. it out tonight. Uh, driving me crazy. Okay, good. I'm glad I'm not the only one. Um, it's still, they still have it updated. Um, but it's going to push 
It's going to keep Chicago down. Um, Atlanta United now has 18 points. Montreal, I think, has 19 points or maybe 20 points because they won tonight. Um, the, the state, hold on, I'm going to check my phone. It, the phone, <laughs> the app actually works. The website doesn't work. It makes no sense. Yeah, Montreal has 20 points in eighth place. Red Bulls have 20 points in seventh place. Atlanta United has 18 points in ninth place. So if Atlanta United can get three points against Red Bulls, it can move up to seventh. Should Atlanta United lose on Saturday, either Nashville or Chicago, hopefully they don't play each other, uh, I haven't looked yet that far ahead yet, could leap over Atlanta United and they could fall back out of the playoff race. Miami won tonight to kind of stay in the race, and Cincinnati lost. So I thought it was going to be 12 teams for 10 spots. I think it's still 12 for 10 uh, with Miami so. overtaking Cincinnati. D.C. just crapped the bed as it Forget has it. been doing all season. Uh, gave up a goal in the first two minutes, responded, and then gave up three unanswered. Oof. And the weekly question of how long is Ben Olsen going to be there once again, hangs in the air. Um, but anyway, that's neither here nor there. Um, I want to say a quick thank you to two guys who came to visit me in Carrollton today. Uh, Kyle um, and uh, Omer came to talk to us. Um, so that's pretty cool. Came to talk to me today. Uh, I want to say a quick thank you to them. So... Brad Guzan had to have been – I don't know if he was man of the match. In my opinion, he had to have been yeah. man of the match tonight. Easily. Yep. Um, big, big saves from, from Big Brad. He got a little frustrated with me in the post-game press conference because I was trying to ask him – What did you do, Doug? I was trying to spin this question positively in that had this game been played a month ago, would Atlanta United have gotten the point? Because it seemed like everything that could go wrong for Atlanta United would go wrong a month ago. And the adage is, you know, you make your own luck. And I think tonight Atlanta United kind of made its own luck. A perfect example is being Escobar getting a thigh on Nanny's shot just enough to hit the crossbar. I think a month ago Escobar couldn't have gotten there or wouldn't have gotten there, and that shot's in the goal. That kind of thing. I think you're seeing positive steps from Atlanta United. Oh, no, I completely agree with that because you got three clean sheets in the last four. I mean – you're not giving up the the big mistakes that you were. You did in Chicago, and you were punished for it. You haven't, outside of that match in the last four, this team's much more organized. This team's much more aggressive. This team is more active going forward. They're more active defensively. It really looks and feels like a different team in the last couple of weeks, and it's a team that can compete. And as we've seen against Dallas, which rotated a squad just like everybody's rotating squads right now, I don't think anybody's at full strength. And Orlando, two teams that are very good in the table. You played toe-to-toe with both of them. This is a team that shouldn't be afraid of anybody. They need to continue to play like this. The focus has to be there because the margin's very thin. But this is a team that shouldn't be afraid of anybody in the league right now. Uh, no, yeah, they shouldn't be afraid. Saturday's game, I think, is is gigantic. Uh, for points and for confidence. Um, we're, we're getting down to, to the finish line. Um, Atlanta United, uh, after it plays with, Red Bull, with the Red Bulls game on Saturday, 
has seven games left. If it can get three points against Red Bulls, not only would it be three points that I think would probably guarantee a playoff spot, um, it would exercise a demon uh, that it hasn't been able to get rid of in, in getting, a, getting three points against Red Bulls in a regular season game. That could be just have a trampoline effect for the remainder of, of the schedule. Yeah, I totally agree on that. It's a big one. Um, this is a Red Bulls team that's coming off of uh, a late loss to Miami. This is a Red Bulls team that I noticed that Royer was left out of the starting lineup. He's a guy who always hurts Atlanta. Uh, it's a team in, with Florian Velo that, that has players who can be dangerous in big moments. It's also a team that is not what they used to be, and it's a team in a little bit of flux. Their caretaker manager – Struggled at first, then got a couple of great results in a row, and now a loss to Miami at home is, is going to be looked at as a disappointment. It should be a boost that Gerhard Struber is coming in soon. I don't think he'll be there or be in place in time for Saturday. Uh, he's not going to get here by the end of the season, it doesn't look like. It, 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 yeah, I read it, a story it, today, like four weeks oh, or something. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow, that's strange. Um it's it should be a boost that at least you know who it is. And I think these young these young guys who have the Red Bulls organization is banked on, they've got a lot to prove. This is a, a team that I think is going to get back to what the Red Bull organization wants New York to be, which is a developmental squad and developing this talent. And they should be looking at Struber coming in as, you know, I think pressure, but you look at the, the result tonight against Miami and they didn't handle the pressure very well. That's a bad result for the Red Bulls against Miami at Hull. A fantastic free kick by Gonzalo Higuain. If you've not seen it and Red Bulls, I, you know, they could be hard done. That was a fantastic free kick that most players in the MLS couldn't hit. And uh, Matuidi cleared a goal off the line also. Um, so this could be a, a much different result with just a little bit of good luck in Red Bulls' direction. But that's how it goes sometimes. Uh, I need to ask you, penalty or not a penalty uh, for Adam John in uh, the extra time at the end of the first half? I thought it was a penalty. Um, I thought Rowe slid in, uh, left his feet, didn't make contact with the first leg, but caught John in the back of the leg, and John could have gotten on the ball. So it's a penalty for me. Um, yeah. I'm surprised it was such a quick review. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, I watched it uh, a couple of times, and he easily got the back of John's leg. In, you know, I, <laughs> this is kind of a joke. Now, I don't think John's coordinated enough to try to fake a fall. <laughs> I, now, was, was Adam Dunn looking for contact? Sure. No. Uh, I don't think so. I think he was going for the ball, and he got his leg wrapped up. And when he tried to pull away, no, I, he couldn't. I think and, and he knew the goalkeeper was coming. And I think he knew that, that Roe was taking a risk by leaving his feet. I don't think he left his foot in or anything like that. I don't no, think he No, I don't think that either. No. But he knew that by bringing the goalkeeper in, it brings penalty into the mix. and. There's nothing about it. And this, I, I saw the, the quote from the referees. There, there's nothing about a degree of contact. It has to be a certain amount of contact. We've seen very light contact result in penalties before. 
there was enough contact here to bring him down. Um, I'm kind of blown away that it was that decision, but seems like it's one of those kinds of years for Atlanta and, and referee decisions. That is true. After uh, MLS uh, Disco decided that uh, Yamil side shouldn't be further punished for his horrible tackle of Brooks Lennon in the, in the Absolutely previous game. Absolutely horrendous decision by the disciplinary committee. If it was on them, we know that for them to be able to rule in these situations, Pro has to say that their crew made a mistake. Um, I think it's obvious that they made a mistake and not giving a red card there. If that's not a red card, uh, you're inviting players to get frustrated at the end of games where they're getting blown out and take out the player who had the biggest hand in blowing them out. That's exactly what happened. It's a, a sad thing to see a, a player in Yamil Assad do something like that. It was sad to not see him get a red card. Then the VAR decide not to either tell the referee there was a mistake made or the referee, Joseph Dickerson, decided not to listen to the VAR. And it's still sad that there was no no suspension for it. It should have been clear by the book. I thought the Nicholas Figal one was as well. Um, I hate that we're still talking about these things, but, man, it's adding up. It just keeps adding up. Yeah, Franco Escobar could probably count himself lucky that he wasn't thrown out tonight uh, in the referee karma uh, spin the wheel game, I guess. Um but it does seem it does seem that it's not going in Atlanta not his favor this season. Yeah, if he had got a second yellow for Robin Johnson uh, trying to go full ballerina on it, uh, that would have been kind of frustrating. Um, that was really looking hard for something. But the battle between Junior Urso and Franco Escobar for most of the match was a fascinating bit of mind games to watch the two of them. They were both trying to get the other one in trouble, and Urso got the one that got Escobar the yellow, and they were trying to get a second yellow on him as hard as they could. So, uh, again, Atlanta United, Orlando City 0-0 tonight in MLS action on October 7th, 2020. Um, Jason, what do you have upcoming uh, between now and Saturday? Uh, I got a lot. We got overreaction Thursday on soccer down here tomorrow morning. You can watch on twitch.tv slash soccer down here. You can listen on our app, which you can download for free from the Apple store or the Google play store. Um, you can also listen on soccer down here.net as well. Uh, and then we'll have a, a lot of coverage on the show as we recap tonight, as we preview Saturday and, and get ready for a huge match Saturday at 6 o'clock. Let me ask you one more question. Sure. Would you be surprised if Ezekiel Barco didn't play another game for Atlanta United this season? Yeah, I'd be 100% surprised. Okay. At this point, I just don't know what to think. It, it's a little bit bizarre. Um, but that's neither here nor there. Um, all right. You can follow Jason on Twitter at Longshoe. Please subscribe to SoccerDownHere.net. Uh, please follow the guys at Dirty South Soccer. Uh, Kyle, one of the guys I had lunch with today, writes for them. Um, follow Siempre United. Follow Mouths of the South. Uh, subscribe to the AJC. The Braves are winning, if you hadn't heard. Uh, beat the Marlins again today. Uh, looks like they are going to, well, knock on wood, probable to advance. 
uh, in the playoffs. Um, we got Georgia ranked top five. Georgia Tech playing Louisville this weekend. The Hawks are – their start is just around the corner, unless I'm a crazy person. Uh, we've got the Masters coming up uh, in a couple of weeks, and the AJC is going to cover that. Uh, I don't think I'm going to be a part of that coverage, uh, but I can't hold a candle to what Steve Hummer does, so I'm hoping he is covering it. Um, and at some point, i got to assume, if Marcelino Moreno is going to be available for Saturday, and that's at Lenny United's target, that there's going to be some sort of introductory press conference from Moreno. So I assume that's going to be in between now and Saturday. So please look for that from me um, if that happens. Again, you can follow me on Twitter at Doug Robertson AJC, on Facebook at Atlanta United News Now. If you want to know how to subscribe to the paper, uh, you can hit me up on Twitter or you can email me. My email's at the bottom of every story and I can direct you to the correct people. Atlanta United Zero, Orlando City Zero in MLS action. Atlanta United will host Red Bulls at 6 p.m. Saturday at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. And what I think might be the most important game of the season for the five stripes. Thank you, Jason. As always, appreciate having you on. This has been another edition of the Southern Fried Soccer Podcast. In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com. The AJC's trusted veteran political voices, Greg Bluestein, Patricia Murphy, Tia Mitchell, and Bill Nygut are the essential source for Georgia politics. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution's Politically Georgia. Sign up for the newsletter, download the podcast, subscribe to the AJC.